0: ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hey, everybody. I'm Naomi at Paragon. And I'm Andy Beckerman. We're a real-life couple and a real-life couple of comedians. And we're the hosts of the podcast Couples Therapy. Look, it's a new year, it's a new you, and it's the perfect time to try a new podcast. And I'm going to tell you, that podcast should be Couples Therapy, a show so
1: good, it was on both Vulture and Grindr's top podcasts of 2022. What?
0: Yes, that's right. On the show, we talk to people we like. Such as Bob the Drag Queen, Kumail Nanjiani, Bowen Yang, Darcy Cardin. All about love and relationships. And then we answer your relationship questions. We are two unlicensed comedians just trying to help heal you. Open your hearts, loosen your butts, because we got a lot of laughs. And a lot of the real, real just for you. Wherever you get your podcast from. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. Hello and welcome to Hot Girls with me, Lex on the decks. I hope you are well and starting to reflect on any blessings 2021 has brought. On today's episode, I am joined by someone who's inspired me and countless other women working as DJs in London. Crystal Rocks is a DJ, music producer, fitness instructor, and she's also the founder of SuperFox, which puts on events and handles bookings for many other DJs. Through this conversation, we talk about how Crystal has approached her releases this year and the challenge of resourcing your time in order to both have the impact you want to have on an industry and simultaneously drive your own career forwards. Crystal Rocks also shares how she got started and her advice for anyone young and hungry. So, without further ado, Crystal Rocks on the Hot Girls Podcast. Let's go, ladies! Ladies, Listen up. (laughs) You're listening to Hot Girls (laughs) with Lex on the deck. We're in the mix. It's fire. Going, we are fire from London for the world. Let's go in.
1: Well, thank you so Mm -hmm. much for. Letting us come on, brilliant!
0: Thank you for being a part of the show. I'm very interested to hear about your work and your journey. You're doing so many things. I actually wanted to launch straight in with kind of reflective question. Yep, um, mm. you've obviously been in the music industry for a while and DJing for a while. Mm. What are some key bits of advice that you would give to DJs starting out? I think
1: it's so funny, in with hindsight, knowing what I know now, it's a different industry almost entirely since when I started so Mm -hmm. it would be difficult to offer blanket advice um in terms of the mechanics of the industry because it's it's so different you know streaming was not a thing (laughs) oh my god could you imagine there was no Spotify of course there were there was iTunes but there wasn't a um you know, if you wanted to release records, you had the traditional ways of doing it and really, you know, burn off a CD and go and give it to label bosses and um, promoters and radio show hosts and things like that. But in terms of live, it's quite interesting that there's like tiered live work. So there's live work where I first started, which was like in the pubs and clubs in London. And that I suspect with the exception of covid where there were where everybody lost their job that's kind of remained similar and if anything there are there seems to be more opportunities now for dj's in general because i think a lot of live venues whether it's a pub or a club or a rooftop bar or you know even restaurants Oh, exactly. Shops. Exactly, restaurants. <laughs> yeah, shops. You you know, everyone wants a DJ, mm. um, which is great because there's so many people who want to DJ and who love music. I mean, God, it's the best thing in the world. So to be able to play music out is, a, you know, an unbelievably good feeling. So the advice really would be play what you love. That's my advice because that's really all that matters the music itself Mm. so find venues where you can play the music that you love and um and spend as much of your time there as possible
0: (laughs) (laughs) did you trust your taste early on in your journey or has it taken did you or did you at any point try and kind of adjust to play a certain type of thing
1: I never questioned my taste. Probably some other people might have done. Some of the crowds might have questioned my taste at times, but I never questioned it because I just love music so much. I think, thankfully, that's why I've been successful, or especially been able to stay in the industry and keep working because I can't not love it. So, um, mm. oh, gosh, I mean, sometimes it, it would be easier to not love music. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> yeah, it would be easier just to be an accountant and not, mm. not there's anything wrong with being an accountant but not you know fall in love with what you do that is a uh oh, yeah like
0: uh it's, it's a blessing with its own kind of
1: yeah it's a labor of love yeah. you know yeah but yeah. that's what that's the best part of life so yeah so that my advice would be to to keep to play venues where you could play the music that you love. And on keep honoring that. Like if your taste changes, which no doubt it will, then change where you perform.
0: So going back to that the start of your musical journey, what initially pulled you to work in music?
1: The common thread has always been music. I actually started professionally as a, a dancer and a singer and an actress, but was always drawn to music throughout so I used to be in pop bands and I always song wrote then I I learned how to produce music before I learned how to play it so you know, I used to be in the studio quite a lot writing and producing music and then yeah then the opportunity came up to play live and I just I didn't even question it I just said yeah I can do that no problem <laughs> <laughs> and I'd never done it before in my life. Yeah, that was the turning point, really. Mm.
0: And did you have a friend at that point? You were like, oh, I've got to do this thing. How is that going to work? Or did you get lessons or
1: I it was right at the beginning of when digital controllers were being manufactured. So there was a company called Vestax who were making these, you know, essentially portable decks. So I bought this little set of decks and taught myself how to play in Mm. about four days. (laughs) It was mad, absolutely mad. And then I opened a venue and it was like a little bar venue in, um, on the embankment.
0: So then when you, so you had that gig and then was that a kind of a moment for you of thinking "Mm, DJing is actually something I really enjoy and I want to take seriously and, and be it another part of me or did you have a switch moment where you're like that's what I want to focus on or how did you take that fun yeah and kind of professionalize it
1: yes oh how did you take the fun and professionalize
0: it <laughs> what <a threatened> sentence. <laughs>
1: it? how did you do that I've no idea how I did it I I just kept doing it I just kept showing up and I yeah. um I remember thinking I could just I came up with this whole persona, Crystal Rocks. Mm. And it, because I didn't start with that. I just started, I don't even, it was, I think the name was horrendous. It's awful. (laughs) The first, I don't even want to say it out loud. I
0: know, it's like, I can see you having a sort of cringe flashback.
1: (laughs) I can't even say the name. It was because um, I started out as Dolly DJ. That is the truth. Dolly DJ, as in a doll, Dolly. (laughs) Because... I know. Awful. And you know, wow. (laughs) And you know what? It's because when you're in theatre, you're referred to as a dolly bird. And that is like, um, you know, like when you're in the chorus of a show. Yes. Like high kicking, singing, all that jazz. That's the slang. Or it certainly used to be a hundred years ago when I was in theatre. So that's where the first name came from. And it was like, Oh, I was so cringe! I was so cringe. I still am. <laughs> so yeah, I did. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was the starting. But that was the starting point before Crystal Rocks, but the whole thing was fun. I professionalized it because I just kept working, and I was mm. I was paid to do it, and so I was so lucky lucky that I could just keep doing it. And then the name came about, and then yeah, all sorts of things
0: changed. Yeah. Yeah. And how did radio feed into your journey? Because it's quite separate to the live scene. Yes. And so and some people pick a pick a lane and don't want to cross over.
1: Yeah. Oh, I loved it so much. I um yeah, I, I had a, a long time Friday night show with Soho Radio, which I've only just recently kind of stopped doing, but it was, it was so wonderful. And it came about because The first site was on Windmill Street in Soho and a friend of mine, I was actually songwriting with the owner's brother. He's a bass player for um, Robbie Williams. So, and it was weird. I'd done a support show. It's so weird how life works. I'd done a support show with Robbie Williams because I used to have a band. Mm. So I had me and then I had trumpet, trombone, sax, drums, guitar, And we had this live electronic rock show and we supported, we did some really beautiful, brilliant shows. And one of them was to support Robbie Williams. And so I met the bass player and it turned out that he knew the guy who owned Soho Radio and it was his brother. And then I really just, I just kept kind of hounding the guy until he gave me a show. (laughs) And I just, I just loved the thought of being able to piece together music and interviews especially from other women, DJs, producers and artists and things like that. So I just kept saying to him, wouldn't that be a brilliant idea? Don't, doesn't radio need an all female focus driven platform so women can come and share their music and, and their life experience? Wouldn't that be amazing? And in the end, he was like, yes, it would be amazing. You can do <laughs> it's Friday be amazing. <laughs> I know. And that was it. And then we did Friday nights and it was just the most amount of silly fun. And it was informative and meaningful and authentic and brilliant. And we just, mm. yeah, we, we, we got to play so many incredible guest mixes from women around the world felt so blessed and had a really great team it was great fun
0: yeah. One of the things that I, um, I really love about doing this podcast is that I find after every interview I do, mm. I just come away with just like a whole new energy and yes. feeling of just like love and joy from getting to speak to other women who work in music, yeah. who have had their own journeys. And I imagine doing the show was much like that, you know, whatever the chaos is before of organizing it, yeah, then you get there and it's just like a joy injection.
1: Yes, it really was as well. It was such a treat. There's just something magic about when women get together and talk about what they've learned, and music is like the most magical extension of that because mm. it's emotive and it brings people together, and they, you know, there is a common shared experience through music. Jim Cook came in, and Camden Cox, and Karen Harding, mm. people like that, and we, you know, they were sharing how and why they'd written certain records and how they came, how it came together, and then I team them up with a team, that, you know, the, the recording artist up with a um, fitness influencer um, and someone in social change. And it was just really powerful chat. Mm. And you like exactly how you've just described. You You feel full. I felt mm. full at the end of it. You know, it was just brilliant. Mm. And I was so grateful to have a space where I could learn myself and practice because there's nothing like learning bang on it you know, straight in the moment and you've got to control everything. You've got like, especially when we first started the first site, it was like this little spaceship hub. Yeah, really really beautiful times.
0: You obviously mentioned that you paired an artist with a fitness influencer and obviously you're very active. I know you're very active in yoga and practicing and teaching. And how have you found... Having a lifestyle of yoga and being healthy, it doesn't always play hand in hand with Mm. DJing and nightlife (laughs) and the music industry. (laughs) How have you built that balance? And has that been a personal journey? Or was that something that was always part of you?
1: The fitness side of it was always a part of it because I love to dance and I love to work out so it was a no brainer for me. Like I did lots of like Nike events and especially when I partnered with JD and that was such a, a great opportunity to team together, um, especially like different genres of music and different styles of working out. It it was again, like it was not even a deliberate thing. It just it was a, just a natural like a recipe, you know, like it was just it just worked brilliantly. Um, so I used to love making workout playlists and workout mixes, especially like I used to like producing um, you know, specific workout mixes. Cause I also had a really strong understanding of the power of music mm. and how motivating that is, not just on a dance floor, but you know what it's like. I don't know if you run or anything like that, right? It's like you pop. I the mean, yeah.
0: It makes all the difference. I can. I was thinking, yeah. like, imagine being on a treadmill without music. I can't. It
1: just... It's just not worth going to. It's just not worth it. It's not, it's even, not. Worth it's not even worth it. Why would you even bother? <laughs> it's true. Like, actually, and, and never, never was I more reminded of that than the other day, post COVID, going hmm. back into a DJ set. And feeling like a deflated car tire before I went into the gig. And then putting on, I was like, you know what I'm going to need? It's like prescriptions for me. It's always felt prescriptive music. Mm. And, um, you know, straight away I went for the Jocelyn Brown and the Chaka Khan and I went in on some like disco edits. Mm. I mean, mate, what COVID? COVID, (laughs) What COVID? Never heard of it. I, I felt like a flipping firework. It was crazy absolutely amazing and so for me that's like that's the true power of it it's not something I can articulate with words but it's definitely something I can feel in my feet <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: it just happens
1: yeah quite yeah. like in especially with um, them working out and as I say with the the power of what we were doing with JD sports for a long while was really 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 cool because it was like you know prescriptive music for workouts and we did things like curated playlists for like little runs and stuff that we mm. and partnered with their sub brands. And, you know, we were like at one point driving a bus around London with four Super Fox dancers and me DJing. And we were like going through the streets of London, like motivating these pro runners and you know what's going to get them. You just know what they're going to need at like, mm. you know, the four mile point, the five mile point, like, you know, it's time <laughs> to get out the drum and bass. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I want to get onto production and your releases. But before we talk about that, I also just wanted to ask about entrepreneurship because hmm, you've obviously founded Superfox and awarded Times Entrepreneur of the Year or
1: something. Am I yeah, right? I yeah, I did.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> God, that's a distant memory.
1: No, it was um, the um, We Are The City who are like founded by Vanessa Valley. It's uh, like a tech um, startup award scheme that's supported mm. by the times and it was women in tech across the board you know and women doing interesting things and yeah I, I
0: won the category for music congratulations even though <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, how important do you think it is to be an entrepreneur working in music or be and and I guess ha- I mean entrepreneur it maybe is a word that has quite a few connotations attached because I think a lot of people wouldn't necessarily describe themselves as entrepreneurs but I yeah. suppose it's the same as being a self-starter really
1: yes it is the same as being a self-starter I certainly didn't set out to be a founder I just did it really mm. it just kind of happened and it happened as a result of again just seeing like you know where I could add value in the industry really mm and definitely it was a byproduct of touring. I'm so grateful to have toured as much as I did at the beginning, because I could, again, see, I had a this really niche kind of viewpoint of not just the music industry, but for but for women globally, you know, the opportunities they had and didn't have. And I felt very, very lucky to be able to be you know playing music as a job it was just like this is insane like you know I didn't I didn't come from like where that would even be a possibility I had no experience of it whatsoever so to to find myself you know touring certain parts of the world especially like India and um, Brazil and and yeah I just thought oh wow women don't get opportunities like this and let's create more of them Mm. And that's so. That's basically. I. That's why I started superfox.
0: On that point, do you mm. think things have improved and opportunities have have improved for women in music in the time that you've been working in it?
1: Yes, a hundred percent. I think they've. I think they've vastly improved. There's some incredible organisations that support women in music. I mean, I remember when she said so first came out. I remember thinking, "Thank God." Yeah. <laughs> This is amazing, thank God. Because I actually felt kind of a lot of responsibility at the beginning. I felt like, I mean, certainly it was mostly down to myself, but I felt like, you know, someone had to do something about the lack of representation. There definitely wasn't the lack of women wanting to do it, Hmm. um, arguably, probably more now so, because it's inevitable once you see women doing something, then they become inspired to do it too it's a ripple effect so i think there are much, i think there's many more opportunities now yeah i'm pleased to say it's definitely improved mm. I, feel, I still think it's got i think it's got a huge huge long way to go those foundations like the consistency of of yeah. work that we deliver especially on the live um scene and i think that takes a long time to change long-term, you know, to, to be, to consistently deliver. And that is really where I would love for Superfox to kind of go next is to have more consistent live appearances, you know?
0: Yeah. So production, um, you said you started in songwriting. So yes. you'd worked on that for a long time and you were in the studio a lot. Mm. From a technical aspect, mm. what did you start learning? Were you in Logic? What, what were you yeah, using? Yeah,
1: I started in Logic and... Yeah. And I really, you know, I enjoyed it. But um, as soon as I
0: moved over to Ableton, you know, it was a total game changer for me. I just... And this podcast is not sponsored by either software partner. So everything you're hearing is authentic.
1: (laughs) 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 Very well said. Um, Yeah, I just, my personal preference was that I loved Ableton and I just started working in it. I just, again, like taught myself, you know, the fundamentals of it And, and just with remixing and making edits because I had the band and we had you know we had a, a live element to it but we also had we had the live instrumentation from the actual band and then we had the work that I put together electronically mm. which ended up being like I had to make like I didn't have to it just again happens but like 300 edits of records and I loved it I absolutely loved it deconstructing a record and taking the best bits and then building my own kind of big massive puzzle of sound. And then yeah, Ableton was just just an amazing bit of software to just that like, the time code behind it all is magic. So you're you know you're locked in in terms of live sampling and remixing. And then if you're going to throw in instruments over the top of that, yeah, it just was the go-to uh, software. But I'm by no means like an exceptional producer. I've just been working with a girl called um, Lightning who is like Lightning. She's incredible. And so for me, it's like, you know, I can engineer a record to about 10, 20% I always work with producers and engineers. Mm. Because my, my expertise is in the orchestrating the whole project together from the lyric, the melody, mostly the melody, especially to start with, and then what other production elements we need as we go along I can sonically hear but I'm so slow to build stuff from scratch whereas when I can work with somebody people who are day in day out producing then it just the the process takes on a whole new level yeah
0: yeah and then I think it's like you get to actually really use what is your skill set by kind of collaborating with other people and get the best out of them, yeah. to create something really great otherwise it can be quite a painful process I think of
1: that's exactly it just... yeah I do I believe I believe greatly in continually learning so mm. I'm I'm always doing a course of some sort and there's an amazing woman called Zylo Aria founded women in production women in music production and it she, her course is that the
0: collaboration with Saffron Sound or different
1: um I don't know about the collaboration side of it but it might be just- Yeah. She is just phenomenal. You know, there's nothing, there's no stone unturned with her. Like she, everything you could have thought of, and especially with um, Ableton, but, you know, any software, she's got it covered. So I've done various music production courses along the way. I just keep doing them really just to just to learn. But there's mm. so much, there's so many brilliant ways now, like Splice, for example, just blows my mind. It's just unreal that you could just go and anything you want musically is basically there and you can just then start having fun with it and making it your own, you know?
0: Yeah, I think splices change. It's just made sampling a lot more accessible and that's really powerful. Because, because so just, powerful. it just sort of lowers the bar to entry, which I think is a really great thing, particularly when it comes to making the industry a bit more democratic. If it's if it's easier to pick up or it's easier for you to kind of tap in and plug in when yeah. you're getting started, then yeah, that's amazing. I'm like you. I'm, I'm obsessed with learning. I'm as soon as I find out a little bit about something, I want to like learn the detail, and more detail, and more detail. It's so
1: great. It's so mm-hmm. brilliant. It's a really great. Like again, like the curiosity. Yeah, I have a constant dialogue going where where I have, to, I have to continually work hard at getting out of my own way, if that mm, makes sense. Yeah. So it's, it's a process for me constantly when I have that voice that says, oh, you know, you're not good enough. I need to make sure that I am, <laughs> you know. Yes. Go back in and learn again and learn something else and and get curious, even yeah. without, you know, necessarily there being a destination or a goal. It's just like learning is fun.
0: Yes, totally. No, I, I completely agree. I think if the simplest way I find to be confident in something is just to know that I've put more hours in than necessary. Yes. And then it's like I don't need it doesn't matter whether I feel naturally confident. I know I've done enough hours to just yeah. to just be here. So great.
1: <laughs> exactly. And then you can enjoy it, right?
0: Mm, yes, yeah. <laughs>
1: like that's the magic recipe.
0: Completely. So you said that one of your ambitions for Superfox is start doing more mm. live things. Mm. Do you think you'll look at putting on owned events or curating stages or what would you like to do in that space?
1: I would love for us to curate stages. I think there's something really particularly special about festivals and the format of a festival. And I'd love for us to have a voice in that space. Mm. And in the meantime, it's yeah, it's been a massive reset with with COVID because we were... Just before the pandemic, we had a beautiful run of shows at Ibiza Rocks where we were able to put on, you know, essentially like a day, a day party a month that was all female led. And of course, it had the, a great sports element because our partners, JD Sports, were wanting that really. You know, we were yeah. able to go, you know, the world's your oyster. Can you, what can we create in terms of a workout with DJs? And so I. It was so powerful and and such a a special series of parties. That's what I'd love to kind of look at again next. Particularly
0: after the past year of not being able to do that, it's just like, okay, where do we take the creativity when the world starts to come back? What can we do that's fresh? and
1: Yes. And I think people have been, of course, apprehensive because guidelines constantly change. And for me personally, like it was Super Fox, um, for me i was able to kind of put a pause on it put a pin in it temporarily while i concentrated on my music i'm constantly being told to do my job you know and mm. you know get more music out there and and keep creating and so it's a constant balancing balancing act but it's one i really love you know it's a i feel so grateful to be able to continue to make music and um and have an outlet for it so, I switched up where the focus was cuz traditionally for a for a long time I was just concentrating on Superfox and then I kind of forgot about my own stuff entirely. Mm.
0: Yeah. How do you find reminding yourself that your first responsibility is to yourself?
1: Oh my god, it's it's I need I need a, a small army of people reminding me constantly. <laughs> going, you're doing it again. <laughs> You're doing it again, Crystal. You've forgotten. You've not put your own life jacket on. You're just like saving Super Fox, and it's really hard because it's like my passion is mm. to see women do well. Really, I just get such a kick out of watching the game change mm. and seeing like women have fun and have more opportunities and, and be supported and creating a consistent change in an industry that just isn't normally supported. It takes close friends and colleagues reminding me, She's why I uh, handed over the radio show to one of our fantastic DJs, Molly Mouse, who's so brilliant that she's doing a phenomenal job. And it's just freed me up to be able to concentrate on the records, which was, yeah. you know, totally necessary.
0: Of the records and the release process, hmm. has there been one of the tracks or a moment that has been a, a real highlight? whether it's like getting the first one on Spotify or someone saying something to you about Warner, has there been yeah. those little boosts that you get? I'm mean, sure there's been lots, but anything yeah. that stands
1: out. Um, the Lab EP that we released last year was a really wonderful moment because we didn't have a label and my manager and I just came up with this kind of concept uh, that it would be like a tech house kind of motivating, like everyone's at home going out of their mind and this these records would be like rocket fuel so we came up with this like lab get in the lab that kind of concept Mm. EP and then it it just started getting playlisted really significantly and we we started hitting over the uh, over a million streams on a couple of the records and and then we were approached by lots of labels and it was a real moment of like oh wow people are really responding well to to this vibe and of course it's a great feeling because you know as an extension of me as an artist the sound that we release is me and yeah and just very recently getting good feedback from the first record that I've just released with Ultra Records which is really exciting Um, and having like you know specific DJs who I've loved who I've played Mm. their records you know for decades feeding back on my record going we really like it can you send me this can you send me that You know.
0: So You're like, yes, and by the way, I really like you. <laughs>
1: yeah, I know. And I, I you know, I'm I'm notoriously not particularly cool about all this stuff. I'm just like, <laughs> if I like if it's a if it's a particular artist that I like, then you know, I, again it the music speaks for itself, you know.
0: Yeah. And I do I did also want to just kind of tap into that point you made around the lab and releasing it independently, because obviously having released on labels as well, that must have been quite an intimidating thing, but I feel like I keep seeing artists um Getting in situations where they get stuck, whether it's through a label mm. deal or through various other things. And I do think it's, while there are so many benefits to those deals and they can be really appealing, it's also really nice and reassuring to hear about people who have just made something they liked, got it out, found the way to distribute it, and then yeah. had success off the back of it. Because it's sometimes I think you just want to keep moving. And as long yeah. as you can find a way to keep moving, yeah, then you're okay and you will yeah. stay in industry and you can kind of stay.
1: Yeah. And I don't, I think whatever it is that people enjoy doing, it is the keeping moving that's important. I think you've said it really well. Like like I recently likened it to like I'm blocking a plug hole. Like you just need to keep in flow and creative, like that spark that you experience with music, that has to be set free. If you don't set that stuff free, and I know from experience, it will burn you alive. (laughs) Mm. You know, if you're passionate about music, especially music or whatever your art is, of course, we're talking about sound, you owe it to, to being alive to release it into the world. Again, without any kind of attachment or any expectation to the art itself, like I forget which... Beautiful philosopher has said this, but it is basically not about the art and mm. and you, at the end point of the, that process. How, wh- wherever you deem the end, like the record is now on Spotify, it's none of my business what it does for everybody who listens. I can hope that it's it brings them joy, mm. and that's all I can do. My job is to do the process to the best of my ability and keep doing it, keep staying in in flow
0: yeah I think it's and maybe it's Stephen Pressfield or it might be a stoic philosopher, but they do yeah says um yeah, you are only entitled to the product, not what happens, not the result or it's exactly yeah.
1: that it's exactly that you're not you're not entitled to the result, it's down to their perception.
0: My final question for you, if you could change one thing about the music industry, what would it be?
1: yeah, I was thinking about that, I think I would. Change um, in a live capacity, I would change that there would be a like a a quota of spaces for women on every lineup, and that that was just <laughs> the musical <lore>. law. <laughs> <laughs> because like, there's no short of incredible female talent. Mm. It's just women are kind of starting way back. Often they're not even starting at the you know at the starting line of most people. And, and it's true of, of many industries, but we're starting way back. So th- there is, for me, the, the most problem that we have in the industry is having a, a space where women can speak confidently. And so it would help if there were some, just like a quota of spaces that we knew were reserved for new female talent. I don't like the thought of things slipping back, you know. Mm. but. Yeah, we, we shall see. Um, I think things are on, I think things have turned a corner for good forever now.
0: Yeah, I hope so. I think, mm. and I'm sure this has always been the case, but I feel like I'm constantly meeting and surrounded by just women who have the tenacity and like the, yes. the kind of fire in them to just yeah. say, I don't, I don't care how hard it is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing it anyway.
0: Yeah. And uh, you know, to consistently keep fighting, and as you say, with she said so and key change and yeah. the increasing pressure.
1: As long as the platforms exist, we're making
0: progress. Mm. That's the most exciting thing. Uh, Crystal Rocks, thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. What are your plans for the rest of 2021? Oh, how do you plan your releases a long way in advance? Or are you like, I've made something, I want to get out? We
1: are planning, like, you we know, think there's a nice consistent distribution of records. So yeah, there's there's some more new music on the way, which I'm really excited about. I just got the mix back from um, last weekend, and that's really exciting. I feel like I've just taken, the, yeah, we've been able to take the music on to a new level. It's it's got a bit more of an indie flavor, which I'm really excited about. Mm. And, yeah, the plan is just to continually keep getting into the studio, writing music, working with new producers and new songwriters. Um, I love to collaborate. I love, 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 love to just get in the studio and come in with a couple of ideas and and see Mm -hmm. what we come out with. It's it's the best feeling ever. So more, more music and a couple of festivals, a couple of live. Oh, I just miss playing out. So just, yeah, playing out as much as possible,
0: Playing out and staying healthy. <laughs> making yeah, music. playing
1: out, staying healthy and um, yeah, getting that good balance. But I like, it. I'm, I'm kind of happy that there's such a big push towards day parties now. Mm. Like, people ha- are happy to go out at two in the afternoon and finish at midnight.
0: I'm like, this does
1: me great. <laughs>
0: yeah, because you, know? you can have a great <laughs> night and then also have a great night's sleep. And Absolutely. what's wrong with that? <laughs> it's a good combination
1: of things. Yeah
0: prioritize the party (laughs) I know I'm such a got like I'm such a morning person but also love nightlife which is a hard thing yeah are you how do you balance it I don't know if I do I'm extremes so I will be a morning person a morning person a morning person and then have a huge night out and then just write off the next day and so I don't know if that's balancing I think I just that's just my way of dealing with it yeah. I, I have, I like to be productive. I, I kind of just like to do things hard. So I like to work really, really hard uh-huh. and then party hard, but not together, Yeah, you know, so I will <laughs> work. So if I'm passing hard, I'm not working hard the next day because I no. just can't. Yeah. Um, cause I like to feel good and I like to feel healthy. So I like to do both things properly, but not like back to back.
1: Yes you know back. yeah you need a little time. yeah
0: yeah sensible. i need a, i gotta sleep you know <laughs> yes. yes crystal rocks what are your handles where can people find you and what are your social favorite social channels
1: this favorite social channels of course is instagram for me it's just the go-to platform for any fun audio visual silly great content it's just all at crystal rocks with a k and two x's mm. <laughs> X, X. everywhere. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yeah. it's been so fun talking to you darling thank,
0: thank you so so fun i have loved this conversation and thank you i'm glad to hear you're feeling a bit better um but hopefully you're still resting yes. and looking after yourself
1: oh yes absolutely yeah oh yes and i and when i yeah if i need a boost then it's shaka khan what
0: up let's <laughs> the on the prizes, no surprise, good women were destined to rise Inspiring, yeah. celebrating, uplifting the new generation okay. Some hot girls, you know the vibe, yeah. all the hot girls come alive all the Some hot girls, them. you know the vibe, all my hot girls come alive